Hi, everyone. So we just wanted to start this episode off with a little bit of a trigger warning as our book today does discuss um, suicide and self-harm, as well as other mental health concerns like depression and anxiety. So if you currently are dealing with any of those things, this might be a harder episode to listen to. Um, also, with that being said, we do want to let you know that there are resources out there. So if you or anybody that you know is currently experiencing suicidal thoughts, um, we encourage you to reach out to the national um, hotline, which is 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. Um, you can also text a crisis hotline. So you could you just text hello to 741-741. Um, both those are awesome resources. And we just ask that if you do need those things that you reach out because there are people that love and support you. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Antisocial Book Club. Today we have a a really cool episode that I am looking forward to talking about, a really awesome book that I think is really special. Um, but before we get into that, we're just gonna we're just gonna have a little fun. Okay, we're gonna talk about some books um, that we're reading, think about. What is this list called again, Kelsey? It's called the anti-to-be-read list. Okay, so the anti-to-be-read list. So we're going to read off a couple questions that may have some unpopular opinions. Mm -hmm. But we're going to try it. We're going to see what our thoughts are. I don't know what Kelsey's going to say. I think I know what I'm going to say. Um, but it should be a pretty interesting conversation. So, um, the first question on the anti-to-be-read list. Okay, Kelsey, a popular book everyone loves that you have no interest in reading. Okay, so this one is going to probably cut you pretty deep. Okay. This, the book that I have no interest in is Four Winds by Christian <gasps> Hannah. <laughs> Dead inside. <laughs> I know this is like basically a book made for you, so I understand how hard that might be to hear. But I just really have no interest in reading it. I know that the Dust Bowl is like your jam. It is. I just, I, can't read that much about people just like suffering i i get it it was a hard book but like many of you know i love the historical fiction i also have a weird obsession with the dust bowl it could be just because i live in oklahoma or i just think it's a very crazy phenomenon that happened in our history but anyway i tell kelsey all the time if i ever go back to get like get a master's i'd probably like get a master's in history talking specifically just about the dust bowl because it's just that interesting to me i know some of you are like boring <laughs> but there's a lot of interesting concepts of how the dust bowl came about anyway getting off my dust bowl soapbox um yeah so I know everybody else loves it so if that's your jam you should read yeah. it but it's just yeah. not for me there is a very strong heroine in it though if you could get over the dust bowl portion yeah, but it is a very not. good book for my historical buffs out there yes I'm also not that much of a historical fiction person in terms of like times of suffering (laughs) so (laughs) they do suffer a lot like I don't love to read about like pioneers just like trying to stay alive or people on ships trying to make it somewhere (laughs) I do like historical fiction when it's like the roaring 20s or like the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo (laughs) where it was more like current (laughs) history where people aren't just you know trying not to die basically so you know I think I have a theory of why I love historical fiction so much so growing up most of my vacations my dad was like a big historical person like we went to all the national parks we stopped at all the like historical things and so I just think 
that's what I did on vacation. So I guess I thought it was fun. <laughs> yes. I mean, people, I think I'm the odd one. Yeah. People love historical fiction. Oh, yeah. And I do think it's a good way to read or to learn more about historical times without yeah. it, like reading like a textbook. It, so exactly. I can appreciate it. That's why mm-hmm. I love historical fiction, but. But yeah. Yes. So that's mine. What's your popular book you don't want to read? Uh, see, I think there's this new book that recently came out, like Malibu Rising. Oh, I don't yes. think I can do that. I'm just not into like, I don't know. This one by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yes. Who also wrote The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, did she? I did like mm-hmm. Seven Husbands of Ev- Evelyn Hugo. And she did Daisy and the Six. Oh, really? Oh, mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot about this, guys. <laughs> Maybe I'll so reconsider. Because I'm thinking, like, there's not really a book out there that I'm like, mm, better not. Um, but, no. like, the more con- contemporary things that come out, I don't find as much interest in those lately. Yeah. Don't know why. It's probably because I'm just getting an old, boring, <laughs> dust bowl <laughs> effect going on me. <laughs> yes. Yes. That okay. one's on my to-be-read list. I'm going to be honest. It's not because of, like, the story. Because I don't uh-huh. know how I feel about it. But it's, I really like the author. So that's yeah. why it's on I my list. I did like The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. That was very cool, guys. It's a very interesting yeah. book. Um, okay, so now this is going to be a fun one for me. I'm sure you have a lot of uh, opinions on this one. But what is a classic book that everyone just loves that you're like, nah, better not? I'm not sure if people love this book, but I feel like it's a classic, which is like Beowulf. Okay. Which I just really have no interest in. That is a classic. It's actually like my brother in law is going to be proud of me because he's a poet. It's like a a a long, very long poem, which is like a ballad. Is that is that right? I don't know. Darrell Carter, you can um, uh, (laughs) teach me about that later. (laughs) Yeah. So I just have no interest in. I think I feel like we had to read parts of this book in school. I know I definitely did my senior year. So, like, I've definitely read parts of it. I just don't really have any interest in finishing it. Yeah. Uh, It was the opposite for me, actually. We read parts of it in high school, and I went out and bought the book. Did I actually finish it? No, but it looks pretty sitting on my (laughs) mantle. Plan on getting there one day. Um. But, yes. I say one for me is, like, everyone's like, oh, Moby Dick is, like, a classic. (sighs) That just has no interest in me. It's, like, about a a whale. I know we read parts about – I don't know about (laughs) you, Kelsey, but we read parts in high school. I just don't do fish books. Like, I also read Ernest Hemingway's The Old Man by the Sea, and I know everybody just raves about that book. It's so good. I don't think I can do books about fish. <laughs> yeah. I'm to be honest, I also don't want to read either one of those books either. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just, you know, not cultured like you are. <laughs> there are a lot Dust of classics, bowl. and I'm like, I'm really fine never having read that. And I'm okay with that. I've come to terms mm-hmm. with that. I've dealt with mm-hmm. that, you know. Yeah. Own. That's your jam. Like, you keep me up on, like, the new things that are happening. You're, like, the future, and I'm, like, the past back here. <laughs> we keep each other balanced. Yes. So, you know, there are a lot of classics I don't want to read. So. Uh, I can't say. I think those are, like, the only ones. I currently like have like the Count of Monte Cristo like laying in my library floor and like the Iliad. 
that I'll get to you one day. But I'm currently on an Ernest Hemingway kick because we're fixing to go on vacation to Key West. And we Mm want to go see Ernest Hemingway's house with all his creepy six-toed cats. Yes, I really want to see the cats. (laughs) So we're pretty pumped about that. Okay, so what is a genre that is popular, Kelsey, that you have no interest in? I'm going to say fantasy. Mm -hmm. So dealing with like dragons, (laughs) villagers, pitchforks. Specifically the pitchforks. Yes. Yes. People flying about, fighting some kind of dark force that's literally there. No, thank you. Although, I have recently started a journey of reading all the Harry Potters. (gasps) I'm so proud (laughs) of you. Yes. Because in the past, I've only gone up to book three. So I'm uh, trying to read them all because I've been in a very Harry Potter mood of just like rewatching the movies and I find it very comforting. It is. So, so that is also a difference to me is I guess really it's like fantasy in like the olden days. Again, oh, okay. like villagers like fighting a dragon versus yeah. like Harry is like in contemporary times and just has these magical powers. Yes. So I don't want to read, like, Game of Thrones. Like, I have literally no interest in either watching the show or reading the book. I'm just like, I don't care about fighting this dragon. I don't care about your land ownership or who is going to take over. No interest at all. (laughs) (laughs) That would be my genre that I just do not care. uh, First of all, I am very proud of you, again for reading the Harry Potters because we've talked about this in detail yes. about how you need to read them. I saw it on your Goodreads list and I was like, I hope this is true. I hope she <laughs> actually read it. And you did. Yes, I did. <laughs> and they're like, um, they're child's books. So it took me like a day and I was like, yeah. well, I know like the later ones are longer than that. Yes. But you know, they're still like very easy to read. Yes. First, I feel like it would take me a year to read like one Game of Thrones book. So yes. And I haven't got to tell you yet, but Jamal recently bought me the first three illustrated Harry <gasps> Potters. Oh my gosh. I'm so have to you, look at them. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I'm see, so excited. Be to be like because I want to go to Harry Potter World, which I know yes. that's what it's called. It's called The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Potter. But whenever I went there, I always felt like a fraud because, yes, it's in all the movies, but I never read the book. So it's like, I don't feel like I can truly embrace this. Like how I judge people who haven't read the book but love the movie. I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, Mm -hmm. interesting. You don't don't really get it. (laughs) So So proud of you. (laughs) So now whenever I go, I'm going to be like, I can be like, you know what? I read about this. And so I can be a true fan. And I can the really true fans read this. it three or four times, but I'm still proud of you for this being Thank your you. first attempt. Um, Thank you. See, I'm quite the opposite. I love Game of Thrones. <laughs> I love. I'm starting to read the Shadow and Bone books, which it, the Netflix series is also great. I don't think you'll like it, Kelsey, but I freaking love it. Um, I also have like. One of my goals this summer is also to read The Lord of the Rings. Um, See, also no interest. Yeah. And Negative so, interest <laughs> in reading The Lord of the Rings. I love it. I think that's what I got mean, me into it because, like, I was, like, the weird kid in high school. Like, books were my comfort. And I was sitting there, like, reading, like, Aragon. Have you ever heard of that? It's literally about a boy yes. who, like, finds a dragon I and rides have. it around. Again, yeah, no interest. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. Um, so. I, yeah. So for me on the genre, 
I can't do rom-com books anymore. Like I used to be like, love, love those. But I have no interest. I think I need something like intellectual to think about. Yeah. But I do like, like I, the rom-com books. Like I just yes. read The People We Meet on Vacation. See Who's no interest same? in that. See Emily Henry. <laughs> She's on the Dead Beach Read. And I thought People We Meet on Vacation was a lot better. Mm-hmm. But I like them because it's just like something light. It's something, you know, I don't have to worry about everybody dying from a dragon. I can just read it. People usually fall in love. Mm-hmm. There's usually a miscommunication and it all falls apart. And then they're like, no, that wasn't what I really felt. And they fall back in love again. It's just, you know. Yeah. It's probably yeah. like, I, f- I find that comforting. Like how you find dragons comforting, you know? Yeah. I am. Just, I used to be like that. And I think Jamal would prefer if I read light books like that because often now these days I'm like bawling because people are dying. Yes. <laughs> yes. After a long day, I just can't. I, I yeah. Know, I just, I can't relax and read about somebody dying. Yeah. Running from a dragon. It's but just, I do love Kelsey that we can still find books that like we have common interest in, yes. like today's episode. I'm super t- pumped to talk about yes. this. Even though we have such different tastes, there's some yes. books that just it doesn't matter what taste uh, you have. It's just a good book. Just gems like Crawdad Sing, um, mm-hmm. which the movie production Reese is on the scene. She's yes. making it happen. So pumped. Yes, June 2020. No, June 2022. It's coming. We'll be in a movie theater watching it. For sure. For sure. I'm so excited. Yes. But all the books that we've done, like even like uh, Nina Hill, uh, I just love that we can come together and just find really mm-hmm. cool books. So I'm really excited about today. And just a discussion we're going to get into with that. Because it is a very deep book. And we're going to talk about a lot of feelings. Um, But it's just so pure. It's just so good. Um, I actually rented this book from the library. And then halfway through it, went and bought it at the bookstore. Because I'm like, I need this in my life. Love it. Love it. Yes. Oh, Which, guys, I don't so think you should buy books. So yeah, she doesn't. bought this, it's a pretty big deal. It's a big deal. I wanted to be able to read it. So yes. I get all my books from the library, and then I buy the ones. Usually, I said I was going to buy, like, my favorite two each year. Mm-hmm. But then COVID happened, so I didn't do last year's books. So, really, I owe myself a few books. You do. Absolutely. So, um, if we haven't already mentioned it, today's episode is The Midnight Library by Matt. Matt, I'm sorry if I ruined your last name, man. Haig. Haig? Yeah. I think it's Haig. Yeah. I think I got that right. So, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and read a little bit about Matt and who he is. So Matt Haig is an English novelist and journalist. He has written both fiction and nonfiction for children and adults. His novels are at times dark, but have a quirky atmosphere. Haig is married and has two children and one dog. He resides in Brighton, Sussex. Um, Some of his work, especially parts of his nonfiction, um, is inspired by mental breakdowns that he has suffered Um, from when he was 24 years old, and he still suffers from anxiety today. Um, And you can really see that throughout his work. And I think that's something that makes these books special is because these are things that he's actually dealing with and putting um, into his stories. So that's a little bit about Matt and where he's coming from. I also like the part where it says they're a little dark, but quirky. 
because I think that perfectly sums up the Midnight Library. I would agree. Because even though it was clearly, like, dark material, Mm -hmm. like, it was really hard to read some of, like, the earlier chapters where she was just, like, really struggling, it didn't feel super heavy. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. Let's do the summary. This is just from the book Jacket. Um, Between life and death, there is a library. Up until now, Nora Seed's life has been full of misery and regret. She feels she has let everyone down, including herself. But things are about to change. When she finds herself in the Midnight Library, she has a chance to make things right. The books of the Midnight Library enable Nora to live as if she has done things differently. Each one contains different life, a possible world in which she made different choices that played out in an infinite number of ways, affecting everyone she knew as well as many people she never met. With the help of an old friend, she can now undo every decision she regrets as she tries to work out her perfect life. But things aren't always what she imagined they'd be, and soon her choices place the library and herself in extreme danger. Before time runs out, she must answer the ultimate question, what is the best way to live? Just as you're reading the summary, I'm like, "Mm, I already want to read it again. Yes. Loved it. It was really good. Also, I think this is a good time for our spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. So if you have just been listening to hear about the book because you want to read it, now's a great time to pause and come back after you have read it. Please read it, guys. Yes, please read it. It's so good. You're not going to regret it. So spoilers ahead. You've been warned. <laughs> oh, I'll see you later. Yes. yes. <laughs> but come yeah. back. Please come back. Come back after you've read it. And really, shouldn't I, I blew through this book. It's yeah. super easy to read. The chapters are super short. You know I love my short chapters. Yes. They're like two pages. So love like, it. This is amazing. Love it so much. Yeah. I'm ready to okay. get into some reviews. Okay. So for my people who have read the book, let's dive in. I'm pumped. And I love me some Amazon reviews to debate. Okay. So overall, on Amazon, this has a 4.4 out of 5 stars. And that's out of 84,634 reviews. So this book has a ton of reviews. Yes. I think at the time, I didn't actually get the information, but I think at the time that I got this information from Amazon, it was like number 7 overall, like on all of Amazon books. So it's a very popular book. Yes, and And if I can do a quick bookmark, or if you were going to do a bookmark. I was um, just going to say that this was the good um, Good Morning America book club pick. That was one of my bookmarks. (gasps) And also, um, it was Goodreads 2020 book of the year. Wow, I didn't know that. Yes, and so if you guys don't have Goodreads, honestly, love that app. Keeps track of all your books. Everyone's on there. Um, but also that's a big deal because it was uh, everyone's on Goodreads and everyone you voted for it. That's impressive. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so like I said, overall 4.4 out of 5. Um, 56% of people gave it 5 stars. 29% gave it 4 stars. 11% gave it 3 stars. 3% gave it 2 stars. And 1% gave it 1 star. I love that. That over half of the people are like, yes, five stars. Yeah, almost 60%. Yeah. The first one we have is a five-star review. So their um, title is Thoughtful, Surprising, and Enlightening. I waited a long time for this book once it was announced and devoured it in less than a day. While I was wistful at the ending, I thought it lent credibility to what the story was all about, and the moment I felt all things were possible, including the hoped-for resolution. Beautifully written, well worth the time to discover on your own when you find yourself wondering what and how your life could have been different. Oh, love it. That just really summed it up. And, it, and in this book, so basically just to give like a little bit of a synopsis, because I don't think they wanted to spoil it in the book jacket, but mm-hmm. Nora is the main character and in the beginning she's really struggling and she does ultimately decide to take her life Mm -hmm. after just some things in her life she feels like she has nothing to live for people don't really need her Um, she really just feels 
like hopeless, no sense of belonging. Um, So she does make that decision and she wakes up in the Midnight Library, the title of the book, and her old library teacher is there to help guide her. And basically it's like full of all these books and each one has a specific regret that if Nora decides that she wants to make a different decision, she can go basically like into that book and see how things would have gone. And I don't talked about it before on the podcast, but you know that I love parallel universes. Yes. So I guess that is a weird thing in like my fantasy. <laughs> Not yeah, genre, like because parallel I love universes. <laughs> like but at least three of the books I read this year. Yes. I've <laughs> <been> about <laughs> parallel universes. So that is a weird thing of mine. That is like my jam. So I, I love this idea of, because I do struggle with that, of thinking back on stuff from like, mm-hmm. I probably should have done that differently. Like I should have made a different decision there. And so I really liked that this book like which yeah. like the reality of if that was possible. And you're not the only one. I think everyone does that in life. I think everyone looks back and like, oh, well, what if I should have done this instead of this? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know that this book for me, you know, I was struggling with that a lot because I've done a lot of job changes. I went a lot of different directions than I thought I would have gone. And it's just so kind of like reading this book and seeing like, you know, I'm still on the path that I'm going. I could have gone those different ways, but who knows if I'd be here now as happy as, as I am. And so I think that re- really made me thankful of just where I am in life. See, just such a deep book. Um, because I think we all have those moments where like, I should have, I should have done that. Mm-hmm. Like for example, I, all the time, I'm like, I should have gone on to get my master's um, in psychology. Or sometimes I'm like, maybe I should have just gone on and just got my teaching certificate like I do now. But I'm like, I would have never met you, Kelsey, if I did that. So, yeah, I yeah. think this book did a really good job of showing just how much like those decisions do change, like our mm-hmm. course of it's like, if you don't do one thing, then you don't get to do this other thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so sometimes, because I, I agree with you, like Martina, like sometimes I was just like, why am I even doing this job? Like nobody really cares. I'm not really helping anybody. And mm-hmm. then something that I really liked in this book was Nora's realization that even though, you know, she's in like her current life, the one that she chose to leave or that she felt like she couldn't handle anymore. Um, like she wasn't a famous rock star, like she becomes yeah. later, like a motivational speaker, but she was still like impacting people's lives and yeah. she was still, you know, positively impacting people. And her life was, you know, she didn't feel like it, her life was making a difference to people. Absolutely. So like that. Absolutely. And And we see like in the life that she chose to leave, you know, she was just teaching music. She was just working at a music store. She felt like she missed out on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's another thing like I want our listeners to know is like they can make a positive, no matter what you're doing in life, you can still, you know, just make a positive influence like you were talking about. Absolutely. Ready for another five star? I love five stars. This one is Couldn't Put It Down. I've been in a bit of a reading slump lately, putting books down, never to pick them back up again. This book got me out of my reading slump and I finished it within three days. I loved every moment and I will say as someone who has suffered from anxiety and depression that this book was highly impactful for my mental state in a positive way. Yes. I believe I will carry its message with me. It's such a clever and special story. Yes. I agree 100% with that um since we are talking about mental health um you know it's a big deal and growing up you know it was I didn't realize I was having you know mental health issues because we didn't talk about it so I'm going to kind of talk about my mental health if that's okay for a second Kelsey because I really (laughs) relate um to this comment you know I suffer from clinical depression and anxiety as well like medications for it, 
therapy for it. Um, I also have severe OCD, which is like the superstitious kind. Like I have to do things in order or I think, you know, bad things are going to happen and I have to take medications for that as well. But like um, reading this book and relating to like just the anxiety and like, and I, and being there of like, I don't want to live this life anymore, which I don't, you know, if you're suffering with that, please, please get help because um, I've been there and I've lived through it and I'm like in the happiest moments of my life. But like, it was just a, such a deep chord with this book too. And just seeing that, you know, that's a choice that maybe I would have made one time if I wasn't in the right headspace. Um, but seeing, you know, the other side of that and how life is beautiful. Um, that was just a deep meaning for me as well with this book. I hope that made sense. Yes, it does. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I think... I totally agree with you of, I feel like this book just really shows like the struggles that people go through with Mm -hmm. mental health, which some of one of the ones, some of the one star people disagree with that. So I would love to get into that (laughs) further. Oh, yes. But thank you for sharing about your experience, Martina. I feel like that's very helpful for other people to hear what people have gone through and where they are now. And sorry, Kelsey, I hope I wasn't interrupting, but I just, you know, I grew up, we didn't talk about it. And like, I didn't know until college, like I was experiencing all these things. I thought I was going crazy. And so I think we do need to talk about mental health more. Um, and just know that there is help out there. You're not, you're not alone. People deal with this all the time. Um, and you're beautiful. Yes. (laughs) As Christina Aguilera told us all. We're all beautiful. We are. We are. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, I think, like you said, like, we don't talk about mental health. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like, oh, why are they going to therapy? Like, something must be deeply wrong with them. Yeah. But, like, like, would you ever say that about somebody going to the doctor or being like, oh, they have a doctor's checkup. Something must be super wrong (laughs) with them. Like Exactly. You know, mental health is just as important as physical health. And usually they're Mm -hmm. way more connected than we think. And so Mm -hmm. it's okay. Like, honestly, everybody could benefit from therapy. Like, I love therapy. Like, (laughs) my therapist, she, she was awesome. And like, I just came out of every session just feeling so much better about knowing that one, I wasn't going crazy, that people do experience the things that I'm going through. And I just had somebody like I could trust to talk about it. And so if you need help, guys, please, you know, you're not alone. Find somebody for you. Absolutely. Which speaking of this one star disagrees with how this book handled mental health. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it. The title is like many things in 2020, this book is awful. Says characters were so underdeveloped, failed miserably at being philosophical, condescending at best to anyone with severe depression and suicide ideation. It basically chalk, uh, chalks up to talk, telling a severely depressed person, all smile and be happy for what you have. So much wrong with this book. I feel like I need to join some sort of support group for hating it so much. Everyone seems to love it, and I can see why so many people don't seem to understand mental health and suicide. It's so dark down there, and this book sorely misses the point. I wasn't reading this book for philosophy or to feel uplifted. I chose it because I loved the concept. I thought it'd be much more developed. I can't tell you, I can't even tell you what anyone like looked like or what their personalities were. I liked the cat. That is about it. Oh my goodness. I'm like, did um, we even read the same book, ma'am or sir? Yes. I feel like uh, this is a good example of especially in mental health, like what works for one person isn't going to work for everybody. Absolutely. I feel like if you read this book and you did feel, you know, positively uplifted for your mental health, like that's okay. If you read it and you didn't feel lifted mentally, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked that Nora um, had mental health and um, like struggles in every one of her lives. Because like I said, I think Mm -hmm. that shows that mental health is not like a circumstantial thing. It's like a brain thing and it's, you know, really Mm -hmm. impacted by 
like your brain health and genetics and just and you know, all circumstances as well, obviously, but that's not like the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this person seems to think that she, um, like it was easy for her to like get to that place where she did feel better in her life. But I like she went through, I think like thousands of regrets and like thousands mm-hmm. of different lives. And like, she would only stay in some for like a day, others for like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that also shows just like the cycle of depression of, Mm-hmm. It's a really long cycle and like some days are better than others, just like Nora had some lives that were better than others. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, just because this book ends with her being in like a better place, that doesn't mean that her she's never going to have depression again. Like that's not the message that I got from it. It was just that she yeah. like learned some things and she developed some tools for dealing with it more effectively, which is we're talking about going to mm-hmm. therapy. Like that's what helped. That's what therapy helps you do as well. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. just my thoughts on this person who has some concerns with how mental health was discussed. Yes. Yes. Uh, I thought you put it beautifully. I mean, um, you know, mental health looks different for everyone. Um, depression, it definitely does have its different cycles. Like some days for me personally, like um, I'm great when I have stuff going on, but like during, like I'm a teacher and during the summer when I don't have anything planned, it, it's really when I struggle because I have those things that are distracting me. And then all of a sudden I have nothing to do. And so recently that's something that I've been dealing with is, um, you know, trying to find the positive things in life. Um, what are some tools that are going to help me feel better during the season of my life until we get back into the school year and I can start um, back with my normal schedule. But um, I, I really get where that's going from too. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does make sense. <laughs> See, there's some of my anxiety right there. I don't know if I made <laughs> sense or not. <laughs> it does make sense. So. Are you ready for some discussion questions? Uh, yes, I'm ready to deep dive. We've already started little toes in the water. I'm ready to dive in. Yes. Okay. If you somehow ended up in a place like the Midnight Library, how do you think you would handle it? Would you want to see all the different outcomes that your life could have taken? Hmm. Honestly, I think about this a lot. Like, I could easily see myself like in Nora's position because I do have, like I mentioned earlier, I have a lot of things that from this book has taught me, like I thought I had a lot of regrets in life for not doing certain things a certain way. And, you know, honestly, I think to better appreciate, I am happy now, but I feel like to better appreciate it, I would want to go through that experience that Nora has gone through um, just to see that. Yes. You know, I could have gone these directions, but this is the path that I'm on. So I would say, yes, I would probably want to see where my regrets took me and learn from that. Yeah, I think, honestly, I don't know. I feel like this Mm -hmm. is when they were like superpowers and you're like, would you want to know what people are thinking? Yeah. Like, I think that's kind of like where this one is. Like, I don't know what people are thinking. That's none of my business. But this one is also, I mean, after reading this book, I feel better about it. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's kind of scary. Like, what if a different life was better? But this Mm -hmm. is like what the book is talking about. Yeah. Um, Because Nora did have that one life where I'm like, man, this is perfect. She's married to that guy down the street she has a child she mm-hmm. wrote books you know she had everything that she really wanted but she and she lasted that was the longest life that she lasted in but ultimately she went back to the one she was at yeah which I guess is like even like as you're saying it, that's like the lesson of the book kind of was mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> even though like a life might seem better on the outside Nora was still like this mm-hmm. isn't my life yeah and I can't keep like living like this which I think is also how people with depression feel of 
they might be presenting this, you know, how their life looks from like from the outside, but then on the inside, they're really struggling and they feel like they can't tell anyone because on the outside, their life does look so perfect. Absolutely. hundred percent. A good metaphor for, again, just like mental health issues. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe I would. I mean, it'd be really hard to be in a, like, to be there and be like, no, thank you. I don't want to see anything. Like, that would take a lot of. I I don't know. Now that we're talking about it, I'm having mixed feelings because I'm like, well, what if I go in a life where, like, Jamal wasn't with me or, like, my friends weren't with me? Like, some of those lives, like, um, some of those lives, like, people, loved ones were passed on, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. things like that. I don't know how I would handle that either. Yeah. So I think it'd be really hard. And like, we do see Nora go through stuff because sometimes members of her family have passed away and other mm -hmm. times they haven't. So also like just seeing Mm -hmm. her grieving those different lives and seeing like the impact that her choices made on people as well. Absolutely. And kind of going back to that one life that we were talking about where she was married, she had the kids, we thought it was perfect. Um, Kind of going back to that, that like impacts, like she realized that wasn't the life for her when she realized her piano student from her main life was like being arrested and doing bad things. And she's like, wow, me teaching him the piano kept him from you know, doing that. And she saw the impact that her life, her previous life had made. And yes. so I really like that as well. Yes. That's one of the discussion questions. Oh, which is <laughs> what were some of the key realizations that made her want to go back to her original life? Yeah. And I just um, thought that was beautiful that she's like, you know, even though I have everything, I have a child, I have the love of my life, you know, I need to go back and make sure that this kid isn't on the track that he's on. Mm-hmm. And he, she's like, I could have made a difference with that. So yes. please, I think that's a beautiful note too, that you don't know how you're affecting the people around you. Yes. And I liked, also liked with her like elderly neighbor that he mm, was yes. able to stay in his home because she got his medicine yes. for him. For me, that was like, that was like the biggest thing to me was like, her literally just picking up this medication at the pharmacy is like impacting this person's entire life mm. and what they're yeah. able, how they're able to live. So for me, those are like the key realizations that made her be like, "Oh, I should yeah like stay in my current life." Yeah, just the little things like that. And oh man, man, this is just such a deep and beautiful book. Oh, I love it. Love yeah. it. And I liked, you know, I think what's also comforting is some things were the same. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes she had, like, that perfect life. Like, Ash was there, who was her husband in that life. But then mm-hmm. Ash was also still in her life, just not in a romantic sense yet. Yeah. Yeah. So that could that could change, <laughs> you know? Yeah. She'd be like, hmm, well, it could be a possibility. Yes. Um, because remember, Ash, like, had asked her to go to coffee or something, but she was yeah. with that. I remember his name. Other worth remembering a loser. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it was just really gross. Um, yeah, and she said no, and then you know she went through the life where they were married, and then she came oh. to her, like back to her old life, and she was like, maybe I'll ask him out for coffee. Yeah, so it's like even though she made all these different choices that led her to different places, like there are some things, yeah, that are still just gonna happen. Which I think is also comforting of like, because it is overwhelming to think, oh my gosh, <laughs> like if I choose yeah. to get coffee today, I'm like going to totally have like a different life. But like some exactly. things were consistent and they did still happen, even though she made different choices. Mm-hmm. So. so my question for you, I don't know if this is really a discussion question, but like we know she had her main life and like she went back to it, but what was the most interesting parallel life that you that of, of Nora's that you read about that you enjoyed reading? That's a good question. The one that gave me the most 
anxiety of my own was when she was like a motivational speaker. Yes. And she was like, I have to give this speech in like five minutes. A TED talk. Yeah, a TED talk. (laughs) Like if I went to this other life and that was what was happening, I would just leave immediately. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, nope, I'm done. (laughs) Yes. But she like honestly seemed fine and she did not seem to have concern. I was like, "Uh, ma'am, you have to give like a TED talk in two minutes. Why are you not freaking out? (laughs) But I think that shows how anxiety (laughs) It's, it's differently. Yeah. But I liked that one. I also like when she was a rock star. That was a pretty cool one. That was a pretty cool one. Um, I think for me, one of the most interesting ones is when she was a glaciologist because she talked about yes. that in high school with um her librarian. Mm-hmm. And that was also a goal of hers one day was to do that. And I thought that was just a really, really interesting life that she lived as I well. I forgot about that one. Yeah, I like that one too. And that's also where she met the guy who was also... Yeah, life like, copy. In his, yeah, and his like version of a library, which I, I don't think his is library. His was something else. It was a rental movie, movie rental yes. place. Yes. Yeah. So, so that was also interesting. I like that one. And then um, I like the one that you talked about. There's also, and then of course I like the one where she's with Ash and her her kids. But um, I didn't really care for the first one that she hopped into. I thought that was a really big one, but maybe that's one of her biggest. That was one of her biggest regrets. She talked about too is. Um, marrying that loser boyfriend of a guy and them owning the pub and then in the yes. end he still like cheated on her and yeah, it wasn't was, perfect like, and her. I yeah i was not a fan of him i don't remember his name i was not a fan brain. yeah he's just trash so yes <laughs> and there also was the really sad one where like her friend died <gasps> yes when she was in australia yeah. she moved to australia to be with her friend um that was a really sad one died. for me too yeah yeah so, so she went quite a few different I, places i like how the cat she always found like a cat where she yeah. went as well yes <laughs> i deeply related to that yes i knew I you would cats. love that part <laughs> yes but then when her cat dies in the beginning that was so oh, sad that was also a very rough thing too and like I get that like with depression like you know that feeling of being alone she was truly like her cat was gone and even though that's not a human being that's still something that made her feel like she wasn't alone Mm -hmm. and not having that you know yeah yeah, very sad and I think but something else in the book was also like her relationship with her family mm -hmm. it's like in some um timelines like she was not talking to her brother or her brother had passed away or her mm-hmm. brother were like speaking and I feel like that also gave her mm-hmm. perspective on like what she really thought was important mm-hmm. and like is it important that I talk to my brother or that we you know have this argument yeah and also like the dream like of her dad of her swimming you know that's something he wanted her to do and she also traveled down that life path to see Mm -hmm. if that's what she wanted. And, you know, I think that's a good message too, that, you know, a lot of people in your life, you know, they might want certain outcomes for you, but you have to do what is right for you. Um, Ultimately at all times, I know I'm a people pleaser for sure. And so um, I want to make people in my life happy. That's just part of my anxiety as well. It's like, I just feel like, you know, I have to do all these things, but you don't, you have to do what is right for you. And, you know, ultimately swimming wasn't her thing. That's what something her dad wanted. And I thought that was a cool message of the book too. Yeah, I agree. Cause ultimately mm-hmm. like what made her happy was doing the piano lessons and doing music. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It was just a so. really good book. I really enjoyed it. Was it was a good book. I, mm, so many feels, 
so many things. It was, I loved how in the beginning we said it was dark. Yes, it was dark, but it was also very quirky. We saw all the different lives. We saw all the different possibilities. And some were fun. Some weren't. <laughs> some were funny. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. So a lot of things to think about. And ultimately, I don't, I can't remember absolutely saying like, like a fictional book has like, you know, made me, you know, think about my life and just happy for the life that I am. But this is like, this is a book that, you know, gave me a lot of to think about, you know, life wise. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it gave yeah. me more perspective on like what like impact like you really have on people and thinking about like the small things you do for people and that those could actually mm-hmm. be big things for people. Absolutely. And that even though we Absolutely. don't always get to see like how we are impacting people's lives, like we are just from living our daily lives. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed the book. I did too. Did you so cry? please. Oh, I think I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. I did I read this like did. a couple months ago, but if I didn't cry, like I had, I had all the emotions for sure. For sure. Same. I don't think I cried, but I had to like put it down and be like, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, a lot of reflecting for sure. Um, but yes, a very good book. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Let us know your thoughts on it. Um, you know, what was some of your favorite parallel lives that Nora went to live on? Uh, what were your thoughts about, you know, living, um, with those regrets and traveling down that path? Is that something that you would want to do one day? Um, And ultimately, I think from this podcast, you know, my message today is just know you're not alone. So, yes. Did you have any more discussion or? I don't think so. I think like you said, like if you're listening to this, like you have a positive impact on somebody, even Mm -hmm. if it doesn't feel like it. You know, even if it's your cat or your dog or your fish. Yeah. Somebody counts on you and somebody wants you to be there and to come up at the end of the day. Um, even if it's you exactly. your TV and the bachelorette has to be watched, like that's still you <laughs> making a that's difference. Fine. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, that's what I got from this book was everybody's life is, I thought I didn't think that before, but everybody's life is making a difference. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And please, please, please know that if you are someone who is struggling with any type of mental health, um, you know, whether that be anxiety, depression, bipolar, just whatever, um, you, you're not alone. Um, find the help that you need, um, because you belong in this world. Okay. You have an impact to make. You are beautiful. We love you. I couldn't have said it better. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, let us know what you think. We love you. Um, Happy reading. Thank you so much for joining us on the Antisocial Book Club podcast. This podcast is hosted by Kelsey Krubitzer and Martana Carter with producer Jamal Carter. Please follow us on Instagram at Antisocial Book Club podcast or find us on our website at antisocialbookclubpod.com. 